With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. This week on Happy Sad Confused, Karen Gillan on guarding the galaxy and hanging out with Emma Watson in the circle. I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to the show, guys. As always, I'm Josh. That's Sammy sitting in front of me. Hey, Sammy. Hi. I'm sitting next to you more than in front of you, well, but no, that's I, fine. I, I know. I'm kind of positioned. Yeah. It depends on where your chair is. They don't know at home. Guys, I don't know why you need to create. Welcome to the show. <sighs> I thought we were going to have a good time today. No, we are. This is a very exciting one. Uh, this is super fun. Um, we have Karen Gillan. If you uh, if you love Doctor Who, if you love Guardians of the Galaxy, if you love uh, wonderful Scottish actresses, you know Karen Gillan, who uh, is delightful. She also starred in a, a cool horror film a few years back, uh, Oculus. Uh, she's been directing a little bit lately. We cover a lot in this conversation. Um, and she, you met her briefly. I met her. She was so lovely. She's lovely. She's lovely. I, I've always enjoyed talking to her. And we've been talking about bringing her in for a while. And finally, the timing just worked. She was in town. Uh, as I said in the intro, she um, she has two big movies coming out. Uh, of course, you can't get away, and why would you want to get away from Guardians of the Galaxy? Don't get away from two. it. We've both it's seen it. So good, lots of fun. I, I mean, loved it. If you if you love the Marvel films, and if specifically you love Guardians, uh, this is not going to disappoint. It's got everything you could want in it and more. It was uh, worth her shaving her head for. I think she didn't shave it the second time around. Well, the first time, yes. when she got it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, it's a really yeah. She of course plays Nebula, uh, and the Nebula. Gamora relationship has a lot to it in this one. Mm-hmm. Every, I think to to Marvel and James Gunn, the director's credit, uh, and I, I mentioned this to Karen. Like it's it's a very impressive film in that like everybody in the ensemble I think gets stuff to do, which is hard in an ensemble that big. They make you care about. Yeah, all of them. Whereas usually in those big movies, it's like I could have done without three. Yeah, of exactly. These guys. I care about two of them, but the rest yeah. of them, who the hell cares? But, but no. If any of the supporting characters, I mean, we love Pratt here. But, yeah. But we, but we also fell for Dave Bautista's oh. Drax is so great, uh, and then adding folks like Kurt Russell, who's amazing. Your your love, love your great of my love, life, Kurt Russell. Oh, um, yes. Go back into the archives, listen to that conversation. That's one of my favorites. Uh, but yes, Karen and I talked a lot about Guardians. Her audition for that, her her different kind of take on Gamora, or, or rather um, Nebula at first, uh, also about her new film, um, uh, The Circle, which uh, stars her alongside Tom Hanks and Emma Who? Watson, Who? and is uh, adapted from the Dave Eggers book, so uh, well worth checking that out. Much different kind of a film, kind of a thriller, uh, very cool in that too. And uh, and yeah, we cover a lot. Like she uh, she's direct, as I said, she's directing. She's done a couple shorts. Look up some of her shorts uh, if you guys get a second on YouTube. Um, there's one called Conventional that's crazy and dark and weird and, and super fun. Uh, and she just directed her first feature uh, that we talk about. And um, she's just fun. Got a good accent. She's also, I think she's in this little movie called Jumanji coming oh, out right. at some point. And we do talk about Jumanji. Thank you for Starring, reminding me. Uh, to, it's actually his birthday today, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Happy birthday. That's right, as we tape this. Happy, so, oh, he's probably listening. Happy, uh, happy birthday, DJ. Happy birthday, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to say that. Um, but uh, yeah, Jumanji, which. So she's. Like kind of about to be the biggest movie star on the planet, probably. She's doing quite well for herself. We're very happy for her. And Jumanji is – I saw a bunch of footage uh, when we were in Vegas Mm -hmm. for CinemaCon, and it looked great. So I have high hopes for that one. That's coming out this holiday season, Bring the Whole Family. Um, so I think I think that's that's the whole preamble. We're gonna be we're jetting off to uh, L.A. for the MTV movie. That's Los Angeles, yep. Yeah, that's the parlance. Sorry, we're we're industry folks. Yeah, industry LA, talk. Whatever, no no biggie. Mm-hmm. Uh, jetting also means, by the way, getting on a plane. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's just another. I don't, do you know that, Sammy? That I, they're making me walk there, so <laughs> okay, I don't know. You better get started. Yeah, uh, we're heading off for the MTV movie and TV awards that are uh, being broadcast live this Sunday night. Uh, check them out. Uh, we'll be on the red carpet. We're doing a post show on uh, dot com mm-hmm. uh, look out for that uh, you will not be able to escape my um, grinning face probably. no if you follow me on Instagram at Sammy Heller I like to post a lot of uh, behind the scenes yes. videos of Josh um, 
looking at my worst usually. Yeah, usually just looking like he's really <laughs> devastated talking to the most beautiful people in the world. Yeah, so you, you if re- that's your thing. And, and why shouldn't it be? Yeah. Uh, so, yes, uh, check out Sammy's <laughs> Instagram for embarrassing moments mm-hmm. for me. And check out MTV Proper for actual embarrassing moments for, for me, too. For the real stuff. For yeah. the real embarrassing <laughs> stuff. Uh, oh, and we should also mention uh, keep an eye out for uh, a cool Chris Pratt thing we just taped yes. yesterday. Uh, we taped a little kind of a, kind of a sketch, a weird thing with Chris that will be up by the end of the week, right in time for Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, it was epic and bizarre. It's, and weird. he's it's he's full Pratt. It is full he's Pratt. like the prattiest Pratt ever. Yeah, I've had, ever seen him. We had, so we had a lot of fun with him mm-hmm. yesterday. So uh, all this Guardians talk, uh, guys, go check it out this Friday. I know you will and enjoy this conversation. In the meanwhile. To wet your whistle, as the kids say. They still say that, right? Yeah, all the time. Okay, good. Uh, wetting your whistle for two or three years at least on Happy Second <laughs> Confused. Uh, enjoy this conversation with Karen Gillen. You're joining us midstream as Karen debates whether or not to wear her headphones on Happy Second Confused. She's opted not to. Which... I have, and I'm feeling a little worried that I've made the wrong decision. Look, it's a long podcast. Midway through, you can put it on, you can take it off. It, this is okay, a fluid endeavor. Thank you for being so open. I'm just going to leave them off. And okay. then if I feel like I want to put them on, then I'm just going to put them on. No judgments here. Yeah, but why are you wearing them then? Because this is like one of, I always say, it's one of the few things that make me feel professional because, okay. you know, we, we've talked enough that you know that my style doesn't necessarily equate with professionalism. It's more just absurdity. Okay. So uh, I feel like, you know, an adult. Like, oh, I've got a job. I've got a big microphone. Yeah. i got headphones. It's like the equivalent of wearing like a high-powered suit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I was just saying to you, I apologize. I don't know if this is going to make for a great podcast or a horrible podcast because <laughs> I've just come, come off the red eye and two hours of traffic from JFK. I, it's oh. a miracle I'm here, um, but I'm so thrilled that I'm here and you're here. I'm thrilled to be here too, and I'm feeling a little bit jet lagged, so I think it's just going to be like a weird... We're even, even each other out? I think it's going to be great. So what's your what's your flying regimen? What's your... Do you have like... Are you an easy sleeper on flights? Um, that depends on whether I can be horrible horizontal on the flight or not. Right. So if I'm in a seat that's upright, there is no sleeping happening. That's my problem. And I didn't yeah. th- I didn't get the horizontal last night oh, and that was a bad no. call. Oh, I, that was a huge mistake. I know I should have splurged. I didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. So you need okay, so you need to be horizontal and I you need can to be sleep. Horizontal. And then if I am horizontal, I'm out for the entire flight. Oh damn you. And I'll watch a cheeky movie. Cheeky movie. Sometimes I'll have a glass of wine. What's what's the definition of a cheeky movie? Um well I watched Arrival which, that's a cheeky movie? I don't think it's very cheeky, no, actually. No. no, that's not the definition of cheeky. No. Maybe it's the opposite of cheeky. Yeah. I mean, those aliens were maybe a little bit cheeky. I don't... What's, what's, again, what's your definition of cheeky, then? I'm mischievous. Okay. They were kind of... No. No. I don't really. think they were mischievous. No, no. No. They're not cheeky at all. Um, do you... What's your? Do you have? Do you have a? Because uh, you've traveled the world many times over. What's your? Yes. What's your greatest plane experience? Worst plane experience? Have you had any close calls? Any, any um, scary incidents? I, I'm obsessed with planes. Are you? <laughs> like I always watch documentaries on plane crashes, and oh, it's God. awful. I don't know why I do it to myself because I also get really freaked out in turbulent situations. Really? Um, yeah, and I've been in some real bad ones. One time I couldn't land in Scotland, where I'm from, in Inverness, because yeah. it was so bad and the plane was literally on its side. What? And I was like, and it kept on like trying to land and then it go back up again. And then it was like, we're going to have to land in Aberdeen. And I was, and that's like a whole other city. Yeah. And it was really, really scary. And then finally we landed and it was okay. But did that traumatize you for some time? I feel like that could like yeah. stick in your brain. Yeah, it did. But I'm a sort of get back on the horse kind of girl. Right. Is that a saying? Get back on the horse? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought I made that yeah. up for a second. It's a cheeky expression here. Oh, nice use of the word cheeky. Thank you. Callback. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to wake up. Um, <laughs> or go to sleep. Either one. I don't know. Um, so we have a lot to talk about because I've yes. seen both of your new films, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which is amazing and is about to make a gajillion dollars. Uh, congratulations <laughs> on you. it. And I saw The Circle, too, which... Uh, I has... have not seen The Circle, what? so no spoilers, please. Well, you were in it. You Did they let you read the script? But we shot it so long ago, I think I've forgotten <laughs> most of it. The Circle is wonderful, just so you know. Oh, that's good. You're in it. Am I? Yeah, Tom Hanks is in it. Whoa, that's really cool. I know, Emma Watson. What? James Ponsel directed it. Oh, he's great. Yeah, so that worked out. Uh, as we tape this, I believe it's premiering at Tribeca tonight. Tonight, yes. So that's the way I'm going to watch it. I feel like that's a great way to watch it for the first time. Cool. Okay, so we'll circle back around. So let's talk, since we have some time, um, uh, let's talk about Little Karen. Little Karen? Yeah, Little Karen. (laughs) We Karen. We Karen, (laughs) running around the hills of Scotland. So how legit Scottish are you on a scale of like 
one being me, ten being Sean Connery. Like, are you like super Scottish? I'm more Scottish than Sean Connery. Whoa. I mean, I am. I, I feel like I'm a walking stereotype. <laughs> I'm from the Highlands, right. which is a, re- a really rural area in the top of Scotland. I've got ginger hair. It's natural. I'm really <laughs> pale. Um, yeah, I grew up there. I'm, I'm pretty Scottish. What are the idiosyncrasies like um, in terms of, of uh, personality that you would identify as, as Scottish? Um, I think like rowdy after a couple of drinks. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's, that's, what you, that's what you sound like? That's what we all sound like. After two drinks, you make the sound again? Ah! That's upsetting. Yeah, maybe it is for other people outside but of the But I guess country. if there are a bunch of... Yeah, Scotsmen imagine like women 20 together, people making that noise. It becomes like a cacophony, a beautiful kind of a thing yeah, in a way. Almost like a choir. Yeah. Um, have you ever met Sean Connery? No, never. <laughs> oh, I'd be really starstruck. Can you imagine? He's, he's a living I mean, he's, icon. He's, he's James Bond. He, he was James Bond. That's Whoa. a fun fact for the listeners out there. He My mom um, one time was an extra in a movie when I was a kid. Is that true? Yeah, so she was the first one to be in a movie in the family. Um, And they came to Inverness to shoot something and she was getting off a plane and she was just doing her thing. And then she realized that Sean Connery was in front of her and he turned around and said, hello. Um, And she like (laughs) melted. (laughs) As one should. That's the proper reaction when you see Sean Connery. Just like she couldn't even speak. Um, How much haggis do you eat on a daily basis? Um, When I'm in Scotland, I eat a lot of it. Seriously? For real, yeah. I I love it. It's really, really nice. And what is what is it again? Remind me. It's. Um. Do you really want to know? Well, I, I came this far. Let's finish it. Okay. So it's like all the worst, awful parts um, of like a sheep, and it's cooked in a sheep's stomach. Oh, it's like the lining, the intestine, yeah, right? The that intestines, kind of yeah. everything, just like mashed together with some spice to mask over the fact that it's awful. Interesting. Okay. But I, I really love it. Do you think that's just because you were raised on it, or does part does the left side of your brain know it's horrible, and the right side? Like just you know, as a child, you yeah, still I think with it, like logic versus nostalgia right. a little bit. Um, do you watch Outlander? I have watched the first episode and I really enjoyed it. Um, I do need to catch up on the rest though. Right. <laughs> I confess I have not watched it, and I've had both of uh, the two lovely stars of it in here. Uh, oh, really? Who are charming, Sam and uh, Katrina. They are great together on screen, I must say. Yeah, I know the fans are quite diehard, but you know your yeah. way around diehard fans. Yes. So, so okay, let's talk a little bit about um, your because many of your roles you uh, have to drop your lovely accent. Yeah, I keep on playing Americans. What's up with that? I don't know. Do they but hate your? I mean, it's a nice. It's a really nice accent. People just don't want to listen to my accent. And thank you. It's harsh. Um, no. I <laughs> maybe it's because I make that noise. Maybe that's it. Um, no, I like playing Americans though because I really like the American accent. What? Uh, so were you raised on American television? Completely. Film? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the UK, we're sort of inundated with American entertainment, like uh, pop music and films and television. And it's really funny which sitcoms really hit over in the UK. Um, Friends did, and Will and Grace was oh. huge. Really. Yeah, but we don't watch Seinfeld, something that's like a staple in this country. That's insane. So you've never watched Seinfeld? I've watched a couple of episodes and I was like, "Eh, it's all right. And everyone's like, what are you? Are you insane? This is the greatest thing that's ever been on television. You're like, no, no. Will and Grace is where it's at. Yeah, I love Will and Grace. I'm not going to quibble with Will and Grace. It's a quality show, but Seinfeld's kind of the benchmark. Well, that's what everybody keeps saying to me. But like, I don't have any nostalgia towards it. I'm just watching it as a television show and I'm thinking, yeah, it's pretty good. So have, have your friends and family back home heard the big news? This must be like a a national holiday that Will and Grace is coming back. What? No. Are you serious? Yeah. This is a joke. This is not a joke. <laughs> oh my God. This is cause for celebration, they've, everyone. They've been shooting new episodes. No. I swear to God. I love the character um, Karen in yes, it. Yes, Megan Mullally. She was she's in like, here what's recently. going on there, honey? <laughs> <laughs> she's amazing. Yeah. Um, wait, did I hear also, okay, I can't relate as much on the Will and Grace and Friends front, though I watched my fair share. Uh, you were in, in the Star Trek. As a kid. So my mother is the biggest Trekkie ever. So I watched it growing words, up. Just so you know. Just what? Those are fighting words. Fighting words, yeah. like bold, bold yeah, statements. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot out there, including myself, that might want to go oh, toe-to-toe are with you your mom. a Trekkie? Oh my, look at me. <laughs> 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 of 
course. Wait, so which was your favorite one then? Like Next Generation or Voyager? Well, okay, so here's here's my, my and then I want to get to your 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 uh, understanding and love of Star Trek. So I certainly original series like I revere and love, and the original series movies I love. Oh yes. And then I went Next Generation totally into Deep Space Nine. I love Deep, Deep Space Nine. Love Deep Space Nine. That, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, and Voyager, I kind of started to check out. No. Yeah, about midway through Voyager in the seven seasons, probably the third or fourth season, I was kind of like, I'm good. And then by the time Enterpri- Enterprise, I watched like three episodes and it just didn't work for me. Really? Yeah. It sounds like you had a different uh, journey. I liked Captain Trek. Picard. Yeah, come on. He was my favorite. But then I also liked Catherine Janeway. Catherine Janeway. I like yes. the way she spoke. Oh, yeah. Kate Mulgrew. Yes. Great. And I was just happy to see a woman captain. Totally. Because like, you know... We need to see more women in those positions. So they um, say, whatever. I mean, <laughs> of course. Yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, of Going on about the woman again. <laughs> it, that was a great, it was a great show. And I love the concept of that show. The way that show started was a like yeah. very uh, provocative kind of opening and a different kind of a Star Trek thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm excited, are you excited for the new series coming? They're going to do a new TV yeah, series. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a look at that and see how I feel about it. Okay. I'm sure my mother is going to be really excited. So wait, how uh, did it manifest for your mom? Did you? mom like were there conventions that would come to Scotland um no we don't get a whole lot of stuff coming to Scotland to be honest really especially where I'm from um so there was no conventions at all Uh there wasn't even any sort of concerts from pop stars or anything so um so no we never got to go to anything like that but she has since gone to conventions since I've started doing them (laughs) as a guest and um she loves them she's more proud of me doing those than she is of any movies or television (laughs) So wait, were you living in like a black hole of pop culture? Like it sounds like that you had no concerts, no no concerts, no. I mean, we had televisions, <laughs> so <laughs> you had electricity. Okay, yeah, good. we did. Oh, yeah, good. we had that, so that was good. You um, haggis and Star Trek. Yeah, so we yeah exactly, and that's all you really need. Right, it turns out. Um, so you, you mentioned your mom appeared in a film. What, what, did your mom have aspirations to be an actor? Or was that just no, a fun all. like one-off kind of thing? No, she was just in the job center. Is that what you call them here when you no. when you're unemployed and you just want to go and look for jobs? It's not called that, but it makes sense that it would be called a job center. Yeah. So she was like, I'm just going to go down to the job center and there's little cards all over the wall. Right. And she saw this one saying that um, some company needed some extras to be in a film. And she was like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And then she went and then she met Sean Connery and it's still the greatest <laughs> story that she lives to tell. <laughs> and wait, your dad, your dad was, is a singer. Is that true? Um, so he, he's not a professional singer, but he loves to sing and he has made an album um, a few years ago. That's awesome. It what was like a little yeah. um, like jazz music yeah. and standards and sort of crooner stuff. So do you take after him in terms of the performing arts more? Yeah, or? I definitely think that was probably my introduction to it. Um, yeah. When I was really young, I thought I was going to be a pop star like Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm pretty similar to Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, I think I I, I almost mistook you when you walked in here. Um, Did you have like a special, what would you call call you? You're not J-Lo, you're not K-Gill. I am K-Gill. Are you really? Yeah. People call you K-Gill? Yeah, well, I call me (laughs) K-Gill. You're trying to get that going. No one seems to be taking it on, though. For the rest of the podcast, you're K-Gill. Thank you. Okay, Finally, we'll see if we can manifest this and make it happen. And then you are J-Hor? Oh. Oh, that doesn't sound great, does it? No. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I have some people have called me J Ho over the years, and I don't. Oh, I, ho, that's I don't, even worse. I know I don't enjoy it. Let's just go with Josh. Let's go with, oh, stick with Josh for me. You sound like a lady of the night. <laughs> I've had my moments. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, okay, so okay, dad, dad was a non-professional, but like interested in the arts. Yeah. Uh, little Karen watching Star Trek, eating ha- haggis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pining for concerts that would never come. Yes. Um, and when did you start performing? So, um, God, when did I really start? I thought I was going to be an opera singer at first. That's so why I used to go around the house like making sounds that I thought were operatic. Does it just sound um, a lot like now after you get a two, two drinks in you? That yeah, sound? it turns out it's the exact same sound, <laughs> which is weird. Um, and then I started playing the piano when I was seven. So then I would do like... Um, I do like little shows um, on the piano. So that was maybe my first um, sort of um, experience of performing. Right. Um, and then I think, uh, and then I, I then I got a video camera. Oh. That's when it all began for me because it was my prized possession and I would make little horror movies in my house and my dad would always be in them and I would always kill him and I don't know what that says about our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but he would always end up dead. And um, and it was amazing. I was the director and I loved doing it so much. That's and amazing. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like, you say that I think of like the sketches that I do for MTV over the years, yeah. which you have to do at some point. Yes. I, I, 
invariably like 70% of them I end up dying at the end of them like I'm Kenny of South Park and I write them and it's yeah it's telling hey you need some self worth apparently but hey you're killing your parents so come on yeah that's that's worse (laughs) you're listening to Happy Sad Confused we'll be right back after this However you want to make a splash this year, Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds can help every step of the way. Wool Runner Mizzles are shoes crafted with premium supernatural weather repellent materials. The high top uppers are moisture wicking merino wool with puddle guard technology and the supernatural rubber treads ensure all weather traction so you can jump into anything, rain or shine. Make a splash with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. You locked picture on your first feature I directing. I did effort. a few days ago. Um, it's a film called The Party's Just Beginning. Very cool. And it's about a girl dealing with the suicide of her best friend. And right. it's set in Scotland and it's pretty dark. Is it uh, totally dark? Is it black comedy? Is um, it? It's is, a drama, it is but a drama. It's, it has like a little absurdity to it as well. Like there's some weird characters in there, um, and hopefully some funny moments. And um, what's the? I mean, we've got time to talk about this one, but I'm curious. So first, just like what the process was like. You've directed a couple shorts. Yeah. I watched one that was super fucked up in a great way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it, it was called, it's, all, you can, it's available. Uh, you can watch it online. Conventional, I think yeah. it's called, right? Yeah. If you just type in conventional Karen Gillan on YouTube, you will find it. Um, so first on that one, it's a, it's amazing. I watched that yesterday. And it's um, because it's definitely, I would think there's part of your own experience yep. informed in this in this um <laughs> this short which is basically about a a genre actor uh-huh. at a convention just like the the darkest possible scenario for like yeah. the, the thing you like it literally a horror scenario for what would ha- what happens to like genre actors and yeah. fans i mean just like you know forgotten um there's like a core group of fans that remember you and they only see you as that character in the film or tv show that you were in um and i guess it's my sort of version of what the worst I guess the worst version of being in a convention would be. So is that what's going now? Because you do a bunch of conventions. So when you're in a convention yeah. in the back of your brain, do we? is that what you're thinking about? What happens um, in conventional? Because that's that's sad. Um, yes. No, <laughs> it's sad. not really like, I mean, it's not really, like, I don't really have that fear, to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm not like harboring this deep rooted fear that I'm going to end up like that. But um, what happened was I knew that I was going to make a short um, film and I knew that it had to be horror genre because it was part of this program of horror shorts. Got it. And I was writing this thing and I was like, I just don't feel this. I feel like this is forced. And I was sitting at a convention while I was writing it. And then I just looked around. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I mean, this <laughs> is all right here for me. <laughs> yeah. So what, um, and was the eye on directing a feature back, like how, how long have you been thinking about directing a feature? Um, for years now, actually. Um, the feature that I just directed, I had written about four years ago. So um, so it was always the plan. When I was shooting the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, that's when I was really getting into the writing of it. Right. Um, so I would be Nebula during the day and then I'd come back and like there would be all these post-it notes all over my flat and I would just like dive right in. And those were some of the best times, really, because I was just enjoying what I was doing so much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it took a little while to get the film on its feet. And then we finally got to shoot it. How was the process? What was the best part? You've just probably been in a hole in an editing room for a while, which can like, oh, be amazing, but can also probably drive you crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think we all went a little bit crazy <laughs> for a little while there because there's no windows and we're just staring at this one movie and you're not sure what's real and what's not anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been amazing. I've loved the whole process from start to finish. I really have. Um, you know, because being an actress is such a creative, cool experience, but you're sort of at the mercy of what the director wants and what the editor um, chooses for you. So um, to be in control of everything actually has been amazing. And you've got uh, Lee Pace in there, I know. Lee who, Pace, who played Ronan the Accuser. That's right. He, he's been on the podcast. I love Has Lee. Has he? He's great. He's awesome. He's amazing in the film as well. Oh, nice. He's like nine feet tall, too, so he fits in well with you. Exactly. We have a very tall cast. <laughs> That's your barometer? That yeah, was, that was I only how the cast auditions tall went? people. Yeah. <laughs> Not true. Okay, so bouncing back and forth in your life. So, um, of course, I mean, the big break is Doctor Who, right? Yes, completely. Yeah. Uh, So how out of nowhere did that come at the time? Like, were you, like, 
working as an actor steadily? Like, did you have a career? Would you, no. you were telling friends like, yeah, this is working out well before, before no. you got that gig? No, I wasn't um, saying that at all. <laughs> so what happened was I went to drama school in London and then I dropped out to do one episode of the Scottish detective drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do eight days of filming on this thing. This is it. <laughs> I'm an actress now. <laughs> and then eight days passed and I was working in a bar in London, just like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? Um, and then I managed to get an agent in London by some miracle. I don't even know how that happened. Um, and then I did a few little jobs, like I did a sketch show for a while and then a couple of episodes of things, but that was it. So it definitely didn't feel like I was working steadily. And um, and, what, and what was yeah. the goal at the time? Like what if you had to, if I talked to you back then, like what were you looking for? What was, did you want to be on a series? Did you want, were you just open to taking anything? Did you... Um, I think I would have really, like, I, I wanted to um, probably be in a good television show and do some good movies. Yeah. That would be the dream. Okay, mission accomplished. Yes. I mean, <laughs> all, I, yeah, I feel like I'm still on a path. Like, there's so much to be achieved for sure. I mean, sure. I feel like I'm just at the beginning. But, um, but yeah, then I got Doctor Who and it was just, it did come out of nowhere. It really did. I mean, I was completely unknown. Like, I, yeah. I, I didn't think I, I had a chance. I really didn't. And did, uh, how, how rigorous was that audition process? Was it that... wasn't as bad as I imagined it would be. <laughs> I mean, it was nerve wracking for sure. Cause I was, I was 21 at the time, which is fairly young, I guess. Um, or, and so sort of old enough to understand the weight of the situation as sure. well. So I was like, Bleh. um, there's that and... sound again. What the, oh yeah. This is, oh, your, this is your catchphrase. Yeah, what, the, the noise? Yeah. And I haven't even drank anything, so I guess <laughs> I just do it at any time. God. Um, yeah, no, I just did um, one audition with the casting director, and that yeah. was fine. And then I got a recall, and I was like, oh no, oh, this is going to be horrendous, just because it's going to be so nerve-wracking. And then I had to go into the BBC, and I had to give this code name, which was Panic Moon, which is an anagram of companion. Nice. <laughs> um, and then I did, did an audition with Matt Smith, who played the doctor, and... Um, and yeah, it was amazing. Suddenly, like everything came to life and my nerves dissipated. And I was like, oh, this is great. I could do this. Now, I, I confess, despite being the um, the cliche of a Star Trek fan, I'm not a Doctor Who expert. Oh, Karen, don't okay. Hate me. Um, it's, it's this is awkward now. No, no, no. Don't be like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's intimidating for an American um, to see like. 4,000 hours and where yes, do you begin? I can imagine. And I guess you begin with, you could very easily begin with your, your and Matt's, the, the Moffat yeah. era, right? That's the place to begin if I had I to do it, I would say right? so, yeah. Um, I mean, I may be a little biased, but it's a really good <laughs> jumping on point. my work. You should probably would... only watch that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but having started in that kind of new iteration, which kind of revitalized that mm. franchise, was that helpful in a way you and Matt, Matt was very young at the time. He was too. 26 when he got the role, which was unheard of. Right. So did that kind of help like uh, that you it was you and, and Matt and Steven kind of in it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it feel like a, you had a little bit of a safety net because you yeah. all were kind of diving off a cliff together? Yeah, it definitely had that feeling, actually. Um, it was cool. We all got to establish these characters together, our versions of the characters. Um, we had a new writer. It just felt like a completely fresh start for yeah. the TV show, and it's been going since 1963. So um, it was good to sort of be involved in an era where everybody started at the same time. What's uh? Cause it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Stephen Moffat is now handing off the reins to. This he is, is right? to Chris Chibnall, um, who's written previous episodes. Gotcha. So what, what's what's the if you had to character, characterize what he brought to this iteration of Doctor Who, what would you say? Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Oh my goodness, he's just the greatest writer in the history of writers in the UK, <laughs> and he's Scottish. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I genuinely think he's the best writer. I'm not just saying that. Yeah. Like he has, um, he's come from the sitcom world. So his one-liners are amazing and he writes some real zingers. Um, and he's also the biggest Doctor Who fan in the world. So he knows the the sort of world inside out. Um, and he is just incredibly intelligent. He's yeah. like a really smart, uh, frustrated stand-up comedian, which makes <laughs> for the perfect Doctor Who writer. Do you, do you take pride in the fact that Doctor Who um, also has been pretty progressive in terms of, you know, the latest companion is an out character? Yes. Um, and, and that's great. I mean, like, I think that's great. Yeah, we really need to see more of that on television, I think. Do you, have you reconciled the fact that for the next, like, 60 years of your life, you're going to be asked about Doctor Who, like, till yeah. your dying day? Oh, it's going to be on my obituary. I know that. So have you, has there been a turning point where you're like, today I need no Doctor Who questions? I need no... no not really, to be honest. Really? It's not something I want to disassociate myself with because, you know, as we talked about, it was like, you know, my break as an actress and I'm just so grateful for it. I so, mean, it was amazing. So what was the goal out of 
Doctor Who then? Was there a specific, again, like, were you setting kind of telling Team Gillen, this is what I'm looking for, this is what I need? <laughs> I've turned into a <laughs> yeah, seven-year-old you director. <laughs> Come into my trailer. <laughs> Let's talk about my future. <laughs> That's amazing. Um... No, I don't think we ever had like any team <laughs> chats like that. Um, this is no. how I like to imagine big time Hollywood actors yeah, talking. Me too, actually. <laughs> Smoking a cigar. Yeah. Exactly. Drinking a scotch. I need a three picture deal with United Artists. Yeah. United Artists doesn't exist anymore. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. so, but was there, I mean, coming off of that high, I mean, this, this huge break, and it's hard to replicate that, yeah. um, that kind of experience. Was there, because, you know, you had, you had Selfie, you had yeah. the HBO pilot. Yes. Um, you had a couple different things before, probably before Guardians, right? If I'm getting the timeline right. I think actually I did the first Guardians movie, and then I did a couple of television things. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So Guardians came pr- relatively soon after. Yeah, now that I look back on it, I mean, it didn't feel like that at the time. I felt like I had sort of quite a bit of time in between. But um, but no, I think it came like a, a year later, maybe. And when the audition process for Guardians, was that always for Nebula? Did Was it also like, do you read for Gamora too? Or no, was, uh, it was always for Nebula. Yeah. Um, I just got a call from my agents and they were like, are you willing to shave your head? And I said, what for? And they said, Marvel. And I said, yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely. Um, and then I went to London for this other TV show um, called NTSF SDSUV, love which it. was on um We love Adult Mr. Paul Swim. Shear here. Yes, he's amazing. Yeah. So good. Um, and I really enjoyed working on that and because they brought me to London for an episode randomly I was able to audition for um, Guardians in London because that's where everybody was and that's where it was shooting right um, so I auditioned for Nebula in a full Scottish accent <laughs> and um, and then I got a recall and I had to go and meet with James Gunn in oh. London and we just had a really long chat about it and read through the scene um, and then I had to come back for a screen test and then they painted me blue and put a bald cap on me. And then I had to do this, uh, the scene. And it was amazing. It was one of my favorite screen test um, experiences. Were you, were you screen testing with other actors or just James? Off um, they hired an actress to come in and read for, um, for Gamora. Gamora. Yeah, yeah. Because that's obviously the key relationship that needs to Exactly. Work. Yeah. Um, and it was such a great scene. And we definitely, it was like a very emotional screen test. I was like really Scottish and crying about Gamora. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody was like, Oh, she's a little emotional for a villain, um, <laughs> even though me and James Gunn were obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah, you must take, I mean, I was thinking about this and having seen the second film also, like, you should take a lot of pride, obviously, in just getting that role in that kind of a stature of a film. But also the nature of of Nebula is so counter to what you've played. I mean, she's like such like a, a kind of a petulant, like mm-hmm. angry, withdrawn. Yeah. Like, had you played anything remotely like that? I mean, that's like Marvel and James really taking a shot on you to kind of like stretch your your skills early in your career. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was so grateful for the opportunity. Um, And I'm so grateful that we sort of sculpted the character into what it is now because she was completely different in the screen test. I I heard that. And even like when you're when you got to set, like, was it also not fully formed yet? Or by the time you got to first day of shooting, did you kind of you and James figure out? Well, we actually hadn't. I mean, we had this amazing screen test experience where it was very emotional um, because we we dove right into the relationship between Nebula and Gamora. Um, And then um, I didn't actually have a full conversation with him about the character until the first day of shooting. Um, So I had formed my version of the character. I was told that she should be American um, and that was it. So I like saw a movement coach and a, and a voice coach and everything and formed this whole character. Um, and then I got on set and it just completely changed with one sentence <laughs> when James was like, can you play this like Marilyn Monroe? <laughs> and I was like, what? Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's great. Um, and what do you think, what did he mean by that? Um, just the in terms of the voice, like this really like breathy American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he also said... Uh, also Clint Eastwood um, because they sort of have the same voice and I was like what do you mean they have the same voice and he was like I I read this thing where he modeled his voice on Marilyn Monroe and I was like really and when you listen to it you can definitely hear it that's crazy okay so second go around did um did it feel like a much different kind of experience on Uh, on Guardians of the Galaxy Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, in the first movie, I was this evil supervillain, but kind of on the sidelines watching in a little bit. We hinted a little bit at her relationship with Gamora, but we never dove into it. And, you know, that was what attracted me to the character in the first place. I was like, ah, this like overlooked sibling. She's jealous. She has this thing with her sister. Like that is what I can grab hold of and run with as an actress. And then we didn't really get into it in the first movie, which is fine. Um, 
But then I read the script for the second movie and I was like, oh, you know, we're, we're really getting into it now. And I felt like we were we were returning to the version of Nebula that we found in that screen test. Right. And you and Zoe, I assume you didn't know her before doing Guardians. Um, but she, no. But that's uh, can you talk about sort of like what, you know, what you bring out in each other? Because as, as we said, that's the key relationship um, yeah. and those scenes, you know, it, it's it's. It's a testament to what James was able to do as a writer and a director, seeing the second film, that there are so many. Like everybody gets, just like the first film, everybody gets kind of their moments yes. and their through line mm-hmm. and a narrative arc, which is tough to accomplish for I know. a cast this big. I know. It's a real ensemble piece. I don't know how his brain extends to all of that stuff. I just don't think I could do that. It's amazing. So you, you just must be so relieved when you read the script. You're like, you know, it would be enough to be a, like a small cog in this wheel. Yes. But I also actually get to have a little bit of an arc and have some cool emotional yeah. scenes with a great yeah, actress like I Zoe. was over the moon, and I love working with Zoe um, because she's so receptive as an actress. Like she's she works on instincts, I think, more than anything. And she, if you throw something out there, you can literally see her absorb it and be affected by it because she's listening and she's present, um, and that's the greatest. So we work together really well in that respect. And now we are both so invested in these characters. I mean, we could just start crying at the drop of a hat because we <laughs> care so much about them. We're obsessed with them. How uh, did you did you know already? I'm mean, James announced last week that he's gonna come back for volume Yay! three, which we all hoped. And I mean, kn- right? I can't imagine a Guardians movie without him. I mean, right. they are him, like they are his identity. I mean, it's his sense of humor, his taste in music. I just can't imagine them working without him. Have Have you shot your stuff in Infinity War yet? I have definitely started shooting. You have de- I can say that I've definitely started shooting. Yes, I can say that. I can say that Nebula has a presence in the movie, and it's really good. So, well, I, w- I would hope since you are a uh, close relation to Thanos. Yes. And he figures into the next film. Yes. Oh God, here's where we get into the S nose. <laughs> I'm I, closing up because Marvel. I can confirm that Thanos is in the film. <laughs> And I so can. am I. Yeah, we're both in the movie. Um, have you spent some time with Brolin? I love the, the crazy Josh Brolin. I have spent a bit of time with him, and he is lovely. He is the smart nicest guy. man ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really smart and lovely, and I can't believe he's playing, like, the biggest villain in the Marvel Universe because he's so nice. Um, so, and well, you've been directed then by the Russos as yes. his character. So has that been a little bit different, not having James there? I, you know, I wondered what it was going to be like playing this character without James Gunn, because I just don't know what that is. Um, and they've been great. I mean, they know the characters inside out. It's incredible that their minds are, you know, able to expand to so many characters in, in, in the story. Um, luckily, there are two of them. And um, they've been great. And they're just so open to any ideas that you want to put forward. Um, and they're just so loose and free. And it's so such a creative experience. Has Does Nebula a smile in the next one because I feel like you've gone two films without smiling. Well, Nebula doesn't smile, but she smirks. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, like, she'll smirk maybe. Okay. A couple of times. You can. You can. That's an exclusive that there might be a couple smirks coming in the next yes. film. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Huge spoiler. <laughs> Has James talked to you at all about Volume Three yet? I mean, I know that's years away, but like. Um. No, not at all. Genuinely, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm in it. I don't know what I would do if I was in it. So, um, no, but I want to know. <laughs> time do you spend with Vin Diesel? Um, none, actually. That's what I was going to say, right? He's yeah, not on set he, at all. No, He spent not a day doing the 97 yeah. versions of I'm Groot. Yeah. You see him at the premiere. I see him at the premiere. That's that's the only time I've spent with him. And he is lovely. Yeah, he's a unique individual. Yeah. Um, okay, so, oh, wait, uh, you know, here's what I wanted to ask. If people stay for the credits, they're going to see like 10,000 post-credit sequences. Yeah. But also you're going to see something fun, which I don't think reveals anything, that um, all of you guys dancing through the credits? Oh, yeah. I mean, you noticed because you did it, but like, yeah. how did that happen? Did he base, did you each spend like, like an hour on set on a random day, like just dance for me? Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, they were like, we're going to take you for some pictures and that happens a lot. Um, they'll pull you off set to just do like scans of you for your dolls and pictures of you for promotional stuff. So I thought, okay, this is normal. And then they were like, would you mind just dancing? And I was like, what? And I was like, Nebula <laughs> doesn't dance. And then I was like, all right, I'll do a Nebula version of it. Um, And that's how it happened. (laughs) You're listening to Happy, Sad, Confused. We'll be right back after this. I don't know how analogous it is. I mean, one of the one of the pros of of going through something like Doctor Who at the early part of your career Mm -hmm. is it's such a unique odd experience in terms of like the fandom yes. and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And Guardians in a, in a similar but obviously different way mm-hmm. has a fervent obsessive fan base. Yeah. Do you think that served you well like having like 
gone through the Doctor Who experience and kind of being a little bit more ready for what was to come with Guardians. Absolutely. I, I felt really familiar with the whole sci-fi world, to yeah. be honest. Um, you know, on my first day of filming as Nebula, I was intimidated because I was like, whoa, this is like a big movie. I mean, this is crazy and such an opportunity. And then I got on set and I was like, wait, a spaceship, green screen. It's like, this is my territory. <laughs> I, I know this inside out. And I was right. like completely relaxed. Um, so, yeah, I definitely feel like I was equipped for it. So it sounds like you're a genre fan. We've talked horror. We've talked Star Trek. So would you want to be uh, – what, what part – if I could cast you in any role in a Star Trek movie, what would you play? Do you want to play like a – A Klingon. Really? Yeah. You want that makeup? Why are you putting yourself through all this? I don't know. Actually, as soon as you said that, I regretted it. <laughs> no more makeup. Come on. Yeah, I'd like to be like a... You could be the captain, like Janeway. Okay, yeah, I'll be the captain. Don't, don't, now, no, don't let me suggest it. No, but now that you're saying that, it makes way more sense <laughs> because no makeup, great lines. Right. Um, I just think that I want to do that acting where you're like standing, right. um, you know, when you're like fighting or running away and, and you're like commanding everybody. That would be great. <laughs> um, our... Yeah, what, like, what's your favorite like current like genre franchise? Is there like a franchise you're into? Um, I really enjoyed Captain America: Civil War. Pretty great. Um, I really enjoyed the big fight sequence in that. I thought that yeah. was really good. I'm looking forward to Spider Man. Um, that kid seems amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kid. That kid. <laughs> that kid. <laughs> Go into your <laughs> old man voice. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Holland. Let me tell you. After this film, talk great. to your people <laughs> about what's to come because your your life's gonna change. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what about Harry Potter? So you've just worked with Emma. We were talking yes. about the circle. Yeah. Were you a Harry Potter fan? Did you have to stifle that kind of fandom, or? Um, I actually never watched. <gasps> the, I mean, I've seen them. Um, I'm not like a Hogwarts um, obsessive. Okay. Um, but I think that she's a great actress. I thought all of the um, actors in it were really good. Were, it was the biggest challenge that uh, you're like two Emma Watsons in in height. You're like uh, you're much taller than than I'm Emma. A giant. You're a giant. But she's not. That small. She's a, no. Well, I feel like she's maybe normal. Is she? Okay. 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 Like I wasn't struck by how small okay. she was. So there wasn't like you didn't have to like have like a lot of apple box uh, awkwardness. No, not really. Okay. I think there was a couple of times where I was on higher ground when we were walking and we swapped, but that was about it. <laughs> You did have to do the thing where, because you play friends, uh, pre-existing friends in the yeah. film, where like I always love it when you see in films like the the photo montage and you see photos. So yeah. like, so do you have to, you have to like spend a day like pretending to be like old friends in different circumstances? Yes, yeah, we did exactly that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. we had to like we put wigs on and we danced around with beers in our hands, not real beer, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was really fun. She's great. I really enjoyed working with her. And now you have these uh, these wonderful fake friendship photos with Emma yeah, Watson that you could like... just be like, oh yeah, we've been friends for years. Yeah, just post them on social media, totally. everything. Yeah. Well, apropos of the subject matter of the film. Yes, media. nice segue. Yeah, that's why they <laughs> pay me the... you yeah, well. um, <laughs> So, yeah, and for, for whatever reason, between selfie and this, you've done a couple social media... Yeah. I guess it's the sign of the times. I mean, this is unavoidable. Maybe it's just, yeah, part of the zeitgeist and everything, and yeah. I just happen to be in these things. Do you have a healthy relationship with social media? I feel like I do, actually. Yeah. I'm not obsessed with it. I do check it every time I wake up, though. Is that a little much? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, every waking moment. Like, I, th I don't think... I think I'm okay. <laughs> I just look at it every single second of every day. Uh, when you wake up... No, I think everybody... Most everybody I mean, do you reach for the phone as soon as you wake yeah, up? I do. I mean, I think we all do. I do. Is that healthy? No. I mean, because you're instantly, like, stimulating your brain in that specific way, and it's like, maybe you just need to relax. I don't know. I've never... Like, have you ever, like, shut off social media for, like, a week? and just not check Twitter or anything like that? I don't think, not consciously. I know, and I feel like I don't, I don't have the strength for that, and that's sad to me. Yeah, I know. And I've been posting a few pictures of my um, latest outfits. Right. This is a new thing for me. <laughs> because, you know, I see these girls, like, and they post, oh, I'm wearing this by this person, this yeah. um, designer. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. <laughs> And there's been so many compliments that it feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, no, I wish I didn't open this can of worms. Oh, yeah. Because, no, like, I could get addicted needed. to this. I mean, just so much validation. For the, for the record, you're head to toe in this lovely gold outfit, which reminds yeah. me of the, 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 in the film, the um, Elizabeth Debicki's. Uh, uh, oh, um, yes. You kind of like that. I kind of look like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is useless to the audience, but trust me, guys, we'll post a, a photo alongside the podcast. I look like podcast. Aisha. 
So, um, oh, he, well, here's one thing I, I definitely want to talk about. We we last saw each other uh, in Vegas. That sounds weird. At CinemaCon. At CinemaCon. <laughs> yeah. Sounds way more exciting yeah, than it was. That was amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, but for uh, Jumanji, which uh, legitimately... I was blown. The footage looked really great. Like I, I was, know, I'm I, so excited. I was hoping and like you know, I mean, and I, I, I remember I contacted you after you were cast because I was so excited about you being in it, but also just like that cast is like beyond like my favorite people. Like Dwayne uh, Johnson is is the greatest man, the greatest man on the planet. He truly, truly did. Is. He live up to expectations. I mean, he surpassed them. I mean, he's just. I feel like he should be president. Well, I, he could run is, the world. This is what I said, actually, in Vegas. I was talking to people. I was saying, and this is not a joke, I think he's going to run for president. And I, I think too. he's got a real shot at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know what that says yeah. about us. I mean, I think he'll certainly do a better job than our current president. I mean, um, yes. <laughs> he would be amazing. And also, he's just so empowering. Like, So when we were shooting Jumanji, I was like telling him that I was about to direct my own film. Mm-hmm. And I expressed a, a tinge of uh, insecurity. I was like, uh, oh, gosh, this is going to be kind of intimidating. And he just, like, touched me on the arm and said, you can do it. <laughs> and from that moment on, I, I knew that I could do it. Amazing. Did you Were you caught off guard by um, Costume Gate, by your, your costume causing <laughs> controversy? I did air quotes. <laughs> he did. He did those. Um, I was surprised by that. I did not expect that reaction. My what, God. How do we characterize that reaction? They were just like, they were looking for a, ju- there is a justification in the film of why you're dressed oh, yes. like well, as this kind of Lara Croftian yeah. figure. And I understand the reaction to a certain degree because like, you know, it's very much like in the public consciousness, um, you know, gender equality and everything, which is great. And I'm so glad about that. Um, and then this picture comes along and it's maybe quite a um, strong visual example right. of you know where we might be going wrong with that um so i, I completely understood you're it. part of the problem karen i know no. i'm sorry <laughs> no but the reason that i'm okay with it is because um in the movie my character is having the exact same reaction as everybody else right so she's like why am i wearing this and you're all dressed i'm in the jungle this isn't functional at all <laughs> um so that's really good she acknowledges it and um and you know she tries to cover herself up and everything so that's good um but yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting such a severe reaction. You had to get yourself into pretty great shape, I would have imagined, to to keep up with the likes of Dwayne and Kevin yeah, Hart. Yeah, and I got guys. passed so late in the process that I had like two weeks to get into shape. And I was just um, before that shooting a movie in Kansas City where I was eating everything <laughs> because I wanted my character to be a bit like flabby, to mm. be honest. So I, I went for it. I really committed. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> And, and you allude to it. I just want to mention to, for the audience because, like, I think it's a really smart way into the world that they've done for this because it is, has continuity as far as I understand with yeah. the original uh, uh, mm-hmm. Jumanji. But it's it's these four – I think it's four teens, right, that, yep. that all um, kind of uh, inhabit – um, like avatars in a yeah, way, yeah, compute- uh, video game avatars, right? Yeah. Um, and what uh, and and like Jack Black is what like a um... he is playing um, the um, the hot popular girl in school. Yeah, he looks like he was having some fun. He I like mean, amazing. it's just <laughs> something that everybody needs to see. It's incredible. So okay, so wh- where are you at right now? So you're you're literally. Are you still like touring around for Guardians? Like, is that world tour still happening? Um, so that's actually just wrapped up for me. Um, uh, London was the last place that we did. Nice. Um, so I've just come from there. Was that a, is that a fun group to kind of just do the, the yes. press tour with? Oh, it's just so much fun. Who do, yeah. you do, do you do most of your press with Zoe or by yourself? Or um, it... A lot of it by myself yeah. and some with Palm Clementief, who is playing Mantis in the film. Yes. So she's the new girl. Um, and yeah, we I, I'm really good friends with her in real life. Um, so that was really fun. I always like talking just because like I'm on the other side of it about the absurdity of the, the junket world. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you do you enjoy that? Does it render you brain dead? Or, or do you have coping mechanisms when you're doing uh, 120 interviews in um, a day? I guess the hardest part of it is just the repetition. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, if you say a word over and over again, and you're like, "What is that word? Am I saying it right?" <laughs> it doesn't sound like an actual word. Yeah, I have that with full sentences now. So just sort of staying sane in that respect is is the challenge. But I I enjoy it because I I feel like I just feel like. If I was in a movie that people didn't like and right. I had to do that, it would be horrible. Right. But because people are really enjoying the movie, yeah. I'm just like, this is great. It's the Instagram photos all over again. Yeah, just more <laughs> validation. Give it, give That's it why me. you got into this business. We know that. It's okay. 
that's the deep dark secret of of, of acting. Yes. Um. So okay. So you're done with Guardians. You're gonna do a little bit for the Circle now. Yeah. And then so are you literally done with? Uh, I keep calling it Tupperware Party. I know it's not called that anymore. It's not. The party's just beginning. Party's just beginning. I had to change the name because Tupperware is a brand name, and they said no because they're very litigious um, people. And also, I mean, it's about suicide. I right. guess I, I understand. They probably don't want to be associated with that. Right. Which well, makes sense. Fair. <laughs> Those prudes over at Tupperware. I know. <laughs> um, and hopefully we'll see that maybe festival circuit or something like that. You'll yeah, try to get that scene. Yeah, that's the idea. So hopefully we um, we get into one of those. It would be great. Very cool. And do you know what the next uh, acting gig is? What you're doing? Um, well, I definitely want to take three months off. Three. That that's a very precise amount of three time. Three months. Yes, because after that, I will have to go and shoot more Avengers. Got it. So, um, and so that is my future. Um, that's as far as I've planned. And is it three months of just sitting around eating food in Kansas City, um, or is it <laughs> is it like I'm going to jump out of an airplane? I'm going to go on a safari. Oh gosh, I don't even know. I haven't thought about it. I'm this so is, excited. This is what the podcast is used for to plan out to plan uh, out the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you think I should do? I think you should go home and eat some haggis. I think you're right. Maybe I'll do that. I'll have some wine. Yeah. I will um, spend time in my house. Yeah. I think that's going to be nice. Is house uh, LA now or is it yeah, back Yeah, it's home in and... Los Angeles, but I just don't spend any time there. Yeah. I haven't um, spent time there in over a year, really. Do you have a pet that's spending for itself? No, I don't have any pets because I thought that wouldn't be fair. No. But I would love to get a dog. Would you? What kind of dog? I don't understand the types of dogs. <laughs> what? Or cars. Oh, my gosh. So I, I need to get better at both of those things. Do you... I don't drive. I don't have a driver's license. Me neither. Yes. Yes. What's, See? Why do we need... Well, do you, do you live here? Yeah, I live in New York. Yeah, oh, yeah. so you don't need one then. No, I've, I've never had a driver's license. I'm not a functional adult. Where are you from? New York City. Oh, you're the a mean, native. The main streets of New York oh, so City. Oh, you never needed one then. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you kind of did. In Los Angeles? Yeah, you probably do, but I just haven't. Yeah. Uber is your friend. <laughs> yep. Uber's been amazing for me. Yeah, it really is. Um, I think we did all right, considering we're both a little jet lagged. Do you feel yeah. good about this? Do, did we? I'm did, feeling great about this. Did we have a semi-coherent conversation? I mean, it seemed coherent to me. Right. To us, at least. Yeah. Okay. We made weird noises. Uh, it's, it's kind of a Chewbacca-ish kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, that's Karen Gill. I'm doing her best Chewbacca. I'm Josh Horowitz. Thanks for listening to this uh, lovely conversation. Go check out The Circle and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You're just dominating the multiplex. You're greedy. You're just, oh, come on. Sorry. It's okay. I'm so excited, though. All is forgiven. Uh, it's good to see you, as always. Talk nice to, to see you, too. Thanks. Thanks, Karen. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs> this episode of Happy, Sad, Confused was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovich for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.